Man, I tell you, I am so thankful for missionaries all around the world who are serving, who have uprooted their lives, their families to go fulfill the Great Commission. And uh, it's this this uh, this guy, Mister uh, Doctor Pepper, is uh, a missionary that we have actually partnered with, and and Jamie's took some trips over there and uh, met them and that kind of stuff. And so, uh, just like Doctor Pepper, there are three thousand five hundred fifteen IMB missionaries on the field at this very moment. And that's one of the things that makes me proud to be a Southern Baptist is because at the heart of hearts, I am a follower of Jesus. And not growing up in church, I didn't have a strong affection for any denomination, if I can just be honest. Uh, and so as, as the Lord sorted through that in my life, in my heart, I fell in love with the Southern Baptist Church because of their love for lost people. Uh, and I love their heart for missions and their heart to reach people all around this world and to work together, the cooperative effort that they uh, work together to, to accomplish that. Many of you don't realize that uh, in, your, in your monthly tithing, that about 10% of what you give goes directly to what we call the cooperative program. Our church tithes that 10%. Uh, they use that to help fund the IMB, which is the International Mission Board, and the, we call NAM, which is the North American Mission Board. And on top of that, there's another 4% that goes to fund our church's mission fund, uh, which we call the Kingdom Mission Fund. And that helps uh, us as a church do local missions, national missions, and international missions. And so we are thankful for your giving. And so uh, just know that as you continue to give, we will continue to go and continue to reach others uh, in, in Jesus' name. December is a month that we put a focus on the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And so many of you have given to that. If you would like to give to that, you can by designating that online or just dropping an envelope in the giving boxes. It says Lottie Moon. And 100% of that offering goes directly toward missionaries on the field. So it bypasses all the organizational stuff and goes straight to missionaries. And uh, it's an incredible thing. So thank you for your faithfulness in that way. The Lord is moving through the mission work of the Southern Baptist Church all around the world. And I want to highlight some things this morning because this is Mission Sunday that, uh, that really excite me. How many of you have turned on the news lately and it's hard to find any sense of hope about where the world's going to be in the next 20, 30 years? Yeah. You know, I, I'm sitting there and I'm watching and you hear, here's a war happening here. Here's another war. We're on the brink of a war here. And you're, you're looking at all these world leaders who have conflict. And, and, and on top of that, you see the lostness of this world and, and the de decay of the morality. And, and there's like, where, where are the people thinking? And, and you hear about shootings over here and this is happening over here. And the, we're just overrun with drug addiction and drug abuse in our society. Uh, you know, everything's crumbling financially. I mean, it's easy to look at the news, to, to, to be confronted with the reality of those things and to feel hopeless. And to think, where, where in the world are we going to be? What kind of world will my children grow up in? What kind of world will my grandchildren grow up in? And here's what I want to encourage you this morning with, is that God is on the move. God is working, God is moving, and God is doing God-sized stuff all around this world. And we don't see it because they're not going to report this on the news, all right? We don't see it. We don't hear about it. And so this morning is a time to encourage you and let you know that God has not forgotten you about the lost people, and also to encourage you to consider how will you partner with him and live on mission this year. This slide here is uh, just some numbers from the International Mission Board, and this is from last year, because we're obviously still in 2023, so this is 2022. 
Last year, there were 122 countries that had an IMB missionary presence, had 728,589 people heard the gospel, 178,177 of those people made a response to that gospel. They became a new believer. There were 21,231 new churches planted internationally by the IMB, and we've seen 102,417 baptisms happen in the year 22, uh, 2022 through the IMB. And their goal as the International Mission Board is to reach the unreached peoples of the world. There's still remaining 3,180 unreached people groups around this world. And what that means is there's groups of people around this world who speak a different language and have a different culture who have not had any gospel presentation written or uh, uh, translated into their language. Not even that they're not around people. Listen, they don't have any written or oral translation of the gospel in their language. And that is the heart of the IMB. They have put their, set their focus and their gaze on reaching the unreached groups around the world and sending those who God had calls up and raises up to be faithful to the gospel ministry. As Kayla read the Great Commission earlier uh, during that song, it is a reminder of what we're called to do. We're called to be a people of God on mission with God. And I'm thankful for what the work for the work the Lord is doing through the International Mission Board. And I'm thankful that our church is a sponsor and a partner of that work. It is obvious the Lord is moving to reach the nations. So the next time you turn that news station on, I want you, if you want to, say it out loud. Say, God, God is moving and God is working. And CNN or Fox News or whoever you watch, you ain't reporting on that. But God is at work all around this world and he is accomplishing his will. God works through his people, and God works through his word. He is doing a great and marvelous work. And as Pastor Jamie last week, or a couple weeks back actually, unpacked a, a new vision for our church. He used this phrase, is that I am more concerned about our sending capacity instead of our seeding capacity. And, and this is, this is a, a, a philosophy shift of alignment and saying, hey, as a church, we are switching gears. Because we believe God is moving around the world through church planning, church revitalization, and, and, and partnering with brothers and sisters in the faith to see new people come to know Christ. Unsaved people, people who are lost, that are unfamiliar with Christianity, to see them come to know the Lord. Henry Blackaby, in his famous study, Experiencing God, said it this way. Watch to see where God is working and join him in his work. One of the things that I want to encourage you to do is, as you've walked away from a few weeks ago, you may have walked away with some confusion or some doubts or some concerns. Can I just say, we all got those? Okay, like when Jamie unpacks that, there's one part of me that says, oh, snap. You know, that, that weird feeling that you get, like, I hope God shows up. All right, but then there's this other side of me that says, let's go. You know, like, I, I'm, I, and I go back and forth. I'm like, oh, snap, let's go. And uh, that's how I feel. Every time we talk about it, every time we are thinking about it, and when I think about what is God calling me to do, I feel the exact same way. Oh, let's go. Like, I get it. It's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to, to have some questions. But here's what I want you to consider. Is it worth it? Is the cost 
that it will cost you personally, cost us collectively, and cost the church all around the world, is it worth it to reach the lost? Because, folks, here's the truth. It will cost you to reach the lost. Cost you individually, personally. It's a sacrifice. Following Jesus and being obedient to the Great Commission is a sacrifice. There's no easy path. There's no path of convenience. And listen, we are living in a day and time where East Pickens is a wonderful place. I love our church. I love the heart of our people. But we are living in a place where it's easy just to settle in and just to be okay. Let's just keep it this way. I feel like if we've done that, if we would do that for the next 10 years, I believe personally we would be disobedient to God's call. The Lord has called us to be a going people because he is a going God. We are called to be a sent people because God is a sending God. Look at this slide from the North American Mission Board. This is the North American Mission Board. Uh, the Annie Armstrong Easter offering goes to help and work towards this. But just in North America, the, the NAM, uh, NAM Mission Board is, is, is planting, in the year 2022, has planted 745 new church plants. 106 replants, churches that close their door and they say, nope, not on our watch, and they reopened them. They replanted there. Uh, from that, they've had 46, of, uh, 46 churches plant new campuses. And then they saw 126 new affiliated churches join the SBC. What that means is community churches, churches that were maybe independent, that said, hey, we see God moving, we see God working, let's, let's, let's join, let's become a part of the Southern Baptist uh, convention. And so out of that year, just 2022, 917 new congregations were started in North America. Almost a thousand new churches in our own backyard. Now, here's the thing that's staggering. Since 2010, uh, the, uh, the SBC started what they called the Great Commission Resurgence. You know, it's, it's a, re, uh, a focus to, to reallocate funds to planting churches in North America. Since 2010, there's been 10,000 churches planted in our country. And that's just through Southern Baptists. Listen, God is at work. Let me tell you how God changes communities, how God changes people's lives and people's families, and, and how God change, will change this nation. It's not about grabbing a poster and standing at the White House or advocating for your beliefs in that way. God changes people through his church. When God sees a need, he sends a people. When God sees a problem, he sends people. When God looked at um, uh, God looked at Nineveh and he saw their brokenness and their sinfulness. What did he do? He sent Jonah. There is always in the history of God's story, there's always a problem, and God always has a solution by sending a person. Can we give the Lord a hand and just celebrate what He has done through the International Mission Board and North American Mission Board? It's incredible. I mean, I think about this, and, and, and it's inspiring to me, because like, here's what it, this is what it does for me personally. As a, as a mission pastor, as a follower of Jesus, I was like, i got to do something. God is at work, and God is at move, and we need to go join him, folks. I want to be a part of his plan. I want to be a part of where he's moving. I want to be involved in what he's doing. And, and it, listen, we can't just stay the same. We can't just be okay with being okay. We need God to move us into action. 
as a missions pastor, I would love to see our church grow in our sending capacity, grow in our efforts on our own local missions, on our own uh, focus for national and international missions. And uh, a couple of things I want, I want to kind of just bring some things to your attention. Most of, you may not understand or may not know that here at our church we have, we have our own local missions where we're focused on Pickens County and say, hey, we want to make an impact right here in our community. And here's the reality. We have some amazing leaders. We have Hearts for Schools, which is led by Elizabeth Watson. Uh, this is a time uh, 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 where we, we focus on partnering with Pickens Elementary and Ben Haygood. And Elizabeth is working with those principals and assistant principals and guidance counselors uh, and, and, and to, to really say, hey, what, what needs do you have? How can we meet the needs of the teachers? How can we meet the needs of the staff? How can we meet the needs of the kids in those schools? And just to be a blessing, we just want to encourage them. We know that our schools are important in our community. And we know that if we influence and impact our schools in a positive way, that God will use that for his good. That God will use that for his glory. So we are thankful for that ministry. The fostering ministry is led by Angel O'Shields. In that ministry, we support our local DSS. Uh, we meet the immediate needs of foster children. Hey, as they're transitioning from their homes into foster care, what do they need? We, we try to help take care of some of those needs. And we support and encourage families who are fostering children. We, we want to come along beside them and say, hey, thank you for doing what you're doing. We can't uh, alleviate their pressure. We can't take away all their financial burden. But we can come beside them and say, we appreciate you. We see you. We're praying for you. And we're supporting you. Mission Pickens is led by Gary Frazier, which is a team of folks that go out on a weekly basis. And basically, they just go door to door. And they, knock, they invite people to come to church. Hey, come to church. Can we pray for you? Uh, they've been doing this for years. And uh, this past year, before Easter, we pulled off a, a, a big sending um, time for people to come. And we sent uh, people in our community all at once. It was a big blitz. Our parking lot was full of people. and We were all going different directions. Do you know in just an hour, hour and a half, that the people of our church went and, and passed out a thousand invitations? Like I ran out of invitations. I ordered a thousand. We gave some out during the service. So we probably had about six, seven hundred that we passed out to people. In just an hour and a half, those people went out door to door, dropping in mailboxes, and passed out every single one of those invitations to come to Easter service. It was incredible to see God use that and work. We have a homeless ministry that's led by Gary Nations. This ministry is designed uh, to encourage the staff and the residents of the homeless shelter uh, to, to build loving relationships with them and to share Jesus with them. It's that simple. Our apartment ministry is led by Tammy. Sickles, who is uh, there to encourage the kids of Pickens Garden to show them the love of Jesus and to serve them in Jesus' name. There's no, we don't have anything up our sleeve. We're not trying to manipulate people. We just want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We want to carry the gospel wherever we go, whatever we do, we want to carry the gospel to others. And we want to say, Jesus loves you and we love you. But here's what I need, okay? All of these, we have great team leaders here. But every one of these needs people to jump on board and be a part of that team. We need people to rally together. We need a team for Heart for Schools, a team for fostering ministry. We have individuals that are jumping in and helping. But my goal this year, uh, starting in January, is to really be proactive and, and recruit people to come along beside these leaders 
to start strategizing together and praying together and say, what would God have us do? And I know there's people in our church that need to be a part of that. So you pray about that. And as, a, as we get there, you let me know. I'd love to get you involved in one of those local missions. Uh, also, we had an incredible year with Operation Christmas Child. Uh, it was one of the best years, from my opinion. We packed over 2,500 boxes. We had more volunteers serve than I can remember. And I'm very thankful. Here in this picture, you'll see uh, to, to, to my right is sitting on the back of this truck is a team of folks who left uh, that showed up Thursday morning. And we went to Rock Springs with this big giant U-Haul packed full of boxes. We showed up and uh, unloaded those boxes there as they received them. And uh, it was just a great time of fellowship. And, and, um, and then over to my left is a team of folks from our church who actually went to Charlotte uh, to the, um, the packing center there in Charlotte, the processing center. And uh, Harriet told me that while they were there in Charlotte, there were 900 volunteers there working. Imagine the, the, the scale of this thing. Think about, all right, that's big, that's incredible, but think about how many shoeboxes are passing through these volunteers' hands, and think about every shoebox represents a gospel presentation that some child somewhere in this world is going to receive that shoebox and is going to hear about Jesus. Praise God for that. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your support in our local missions. Thank you for showing up for OCC, for giving faithfully in that. Thank you. It is not for our church, guys. We are doing this because of our love for Jesus. And you are partnering with us because of your love for Jesus. Our national missions is we work through the North American Mission Board. The North American Mission Board identifies what they call sinned cities. These sinned cities are where they've said there's the greatest population of lostness in our nation. And they look, say, these are cities that are... Uh, that don't have a strong presence of churches, they don't have strong churches, they don't have people sharing the gospel with them, and they strategically say, this city is going to be a place where we send church planters. We're going to plant churches here. Cincinnati is, that, uh, is a sin city. The Lord put Cincinnati on our heart years ago, and we have been faithful to go there. And uh, our job there is those church plants, we partner with church planters, and we work with them to encourage them, and to help them in any way that we can. This year, we have two new partnerships. Uh, we have two new guys. We got uh, Jonathan Howard on my left is at Bridge City Church in Anderson, Ohio. And Austin Mathis is at Grace Church in Harrison, Ohio. Both of these guys are in their early stages of planting a church. Both of them have a heart, an incredible heart to reach people. Jonathan is a really cool connection here. Jonathan is actually a high-energy, really excited guy. Like He's like, ah, he's that kind of guy, like my kind of guy. Uh, he's also uh, worked at Mercer University in Georgia as the basketball specialist, or the, uh, the operation specialist. So, like, we, like, connected, like, well, I was like, tell me more. Okay, I'm hearing you. Uh, but his dad was a pastor. He was uh, pastoring at a church in Kentucky and felt the call to go, to go reach lost people. Uh, cool connection for our church is uh, every church planner has what they call a core team. It's basically every church plant starts with a Bible study and a in a bedroom, in a basement, in a living room. His core team is uh, made up of many people, but one of those persons is, is Raina Coben, who was at our church. She was an intern here, youth here, grew up here. Uh, she was going to Cincinnati with me on mission trips. Uh, she decided she wanted to move up there, fell in love with a, one of those Yankee guys up there. And then, uh, I'm just kidding, Lisa, she's from Cincinnati. That's why I'm messing with her. Uh, 
uh, but fell in love with this guy up there and decided to move there and stay there. And part of that was they're going to get involved in church planting. And I'm so thankful for that. Thankful for your support, your encouragement, many, many trips that we've taken. You guys have given faithfully, supported us, encouraged us. Many of you have went on those trips, and I am thankful for what the Lord is doing. So here's what I want you to pray about. As I talked to both of these guys this past week, I was excited to hear their passion to reach people in their community. And we were, we were brainstorming, hey, what do you need? How can we come help you? Uh, can we do a VBS? Do you need a sports club? Do you want us to come evangelize in your community? Can we walk the neighborhood and pray? What do you need from us? And as I talked to Jonathan and Austin, uh, they are excited about that partnership. And they're excited to start having teams from our church come up there. So you pray. Maybe you need to be on one of those teams as we prepare those trips to go. Internationally, we have had uh, just an incredible year in Cuba. Gary Fraser is our leader who leads that trip to Cuba. And, and here's what I love about Gary. If you know Gary, he's real quiet. Kim, not so much. But um, <laughs> I can pick on Kim like that. She's like my mama. Uh, but Gary's real quiet. But anytime he starts talking about Cuba, his face just lights up. And, and when I think, if I could think about Gary as a cartoon, like Gary in my mind just looks like a big old heart going around, going, is beating like Cuba, 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 walking around. I mean, the guy just lights up. He loves those people, loves what the Lord's doing, and, and it's been an incredible year. In fact, I want to show you this little video of, of the last trip they just went on in November. <laughs> reason Gary is uh, so, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so this past year, 2023, we took three trips to Cuba. And the reason Gary is so passionate about this is because God is at work, guys. He is moving in an incredible way. Jamie and I got to go on one of those trips, and, and he and I both experienced some super incredible moments where the Lord was really showing up and doing incredible things. Uh, we, we were leading a pastor's conference. We saw these young pastors who are just hungry to reach the people in their community, coming to learn and, and to talk with us about that. But we also went out in the community to evangelize, and we went from door to door. And one of the things that incredible, uh, I, I've said incredible a lot. That's incredible. All right, so uh, one of the things that, that I was doing uh, that we were able to do is go out and go door to door. And uh, I went up to this one door, and we were kind of taking turns sharing the gospel and I knew it was my turn. And I remember walking up, and there's these three senior adults, two ladies and a, and a man sitting on the porch. And uh, I began to share the gospel. The translator was translating. Um, and uh, I got to the point where I said, would you like to place your faith in Jesus Christ? Would you like to, to know him and know today that you'll spend eternity with God in heaven? And, and honestly, I, I, I was expecting to know, I'll be honest. But to my surprise, all three of those people said yes. 
and right there on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere in Cuba, three people gave their life to Jesus. And it kind of lit a fire in me. I'm going to tell you, I was like, oh, boy. You know, me and Jamie were like, <laughs> you know, we were like, will you do that? And you, I don't know, man. So here's the thing. Uh, three trips, over 25 people from our church went on these different trips. And we've seen 210 people profess, profess faith in Jesus uh, just this past year in 2023. Praise the Lord for that. So here's the deal. In 2024, we're taking three more trips to Cuba. And I want you to pray because you need to be on one of those trips. I would love for you to go. It will test you. It will stretch you. It could scare you. But is it worth it? Absolutely it is. It is worth it. Because as you see people come to know the Lord, you know that God is using you in an incredible way. Gary Fraser is here in a few weeks starting a class. If you would like to go to any of these mission trips, um, anything like that, I would encourage you to to join that class where he is teaching people how to share the gospel, how to have gospel conversations. If you've got questions, you want to be a part of that, uh, there'll be some folks in, in the lobby handing out flyers for that later. You may have gotten one already, but we'd love for you to be a part of that. All right, next thing is Africa is uh, one of the places that the Lord's put on our heart. And David Mantooth and I have been working uh, hard to try to figure out our end route to there. And it's been, it's been difficult. We've had a lot of road, bumps in the road along the way. Uh, we thought we were really close, and then we had to reschedule, and then we had to reschedule again. Um, and it's just, there's a lot going on. But we have, have a, a good connection with the missionary over there, B. Shores, and uh, talked to him a couple, uh, couple weeks ago, a month or so ago, and um, really got some direction of what, what they're doing and what they're trying to do. And we're excited about the opportunities and what's going to come from that. Uh, so be, be pray, praying about that if you'd like to be a part of that as, as those trips come. And, and lastly, we have a very a missionary from our church, Patty Kearns. And Patty Kearns has uh, served with me in student ministry, helped with women's ministry around here for years. And I remember that moment where Patty walked up to me and said, I feel like the Lord's calling me to leave, to go. And I was like, okay. And uh, I had the privilege of watching that unfold in her life. And as Patty is serving overseas in Southeast Asia, uh, we are so thankful for her. We're thankful for her sacrifice. I'm also thankful for Alicia Looper and Francis Anders, their ladies Bible study on Monday nights. Uh, every Monday night that, that I've dropped in and just say hey to them, they're setting up their computer because Patty's zooming in. She's a part of that, and that's incredible. Just to stay in contact and be in touch. Uh, for Shannon Haskett's home group, as they have taken on Patty to send her love boxes and support and encourage her in that, uh, I am thankful for all those who have prayed for her. But I want to encourage you, keep praying for Patty. And pray for uh, uh, the, the missionary B. Shores in Africa because we know that they're in a place where they need to see God's hand at work. They need to see God moving and working in the only way that he can. And so uh, the, night, the last few minutes here, I want to share some scripture. Uh, basically, that is a recap of who we are as a church. And one of the things I love about East Pickens is that we are a church that has a heart for missions. We want to continue to grow and encourage our people in that way. And I want, to, I want to give you a challenge as we leave today. I want to challenge you to really start to think about your life as an opportunity to be on mission with Christ. You know, uh, there was a time and a moment in my life where I felt God calling me to ministry. And I also felt simultaneously that, that I was supposed to be on mission, like a missionary. 
Uh, as I kind of worked through that, uh, I, was, I felt confused because what, what was going on in my life is I said, well, God, I feel like you're calling me to ministry and you want me to be a missionary, but I also feel like you want me to stay home. And I thought maybe there was just something broken in me and I was trying to sort through this. And uh, at that early stage of, of my call in my life, I remember having this epiphany where the Lord began to teach me and show me, he says, Nick, you're thinking about missionaries in the whole wrong way. And then what I realized is in my mind, a missionary at that stage of my life was someone who got on a plane and went somewhere else. And the Lord began to teach me that every believer is called to be a missionary. Every believer is given the responsibility to take the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to this lost and dying world. And I had put that in a box and slapped a label on it and said, that's what that is. And the Lord had to unpack that in my life. And, and I began to get a vision and buy into this idea is that God was calling me to live on mission for him right here in my context. To look at my community, to look at my family, to look at my co-workers as an opportunity to serve him and to glorify him and to be on mission. To look at every situation as an opportunity to see the problems that I'm facing as obstacles, but there also were opportunities to make the name of Jesus known. And I have strived in my life since that time, about 17, 18 years ago, to be a missionary, to live sent as I stay home, to reach people. As a youth pastor, that was a heartbeat of mine. Is it wasn't just about hunkering down and creating a fun program. I wanted to reach kids who were lost, who were far from God. I wanted to show them the hope of Jesus Christ. As a mission pastor, that is obvious, obviously uh, my goal and my ambition. But it's not unique to me. And I think sometimes we look at um, that call or we look at that concept of being sent and we say, well, pastors and preachers and missionaries, and we, we say that God, God definitely desires that for those people, those strong Christians or super Christians or super spiritual Christians. Uh, that's, that's for them, but that's not for me. And I want to challenge your thinking there because I'm a firm believer that God has called all Christians to be on mission for him, to use your resources, your talents, your gifts, your abilities to make Jesus known. Why? Why would anyone allow God to completely flip the script in your life? Why would anybody give up their retirement plans? Why would anybody give up on their, their job path that they've created? Why would you give up on, on this idea of one day retiring and just settling in and just riding this thing out? Why would anybody just abort mission and say, I'm going to do something crazy and I'm going to allow the Lord to just hit the reset button? Why would anybody allow themselves to, 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 to walk away from luxury, to walk away from this, this really grand plan and to invite hardship and frustrations and hurts into their life. Why would anybody do that? The truth is, is that you will not do that until you realize how precious the gospel is. You will not do that until you face the reality that those who do not know and those who do not hear about the good news of Jesus Christ will never experience the hope that you have. And we can just muddle on through this life and, and just go along and mosey along and chase after our aspirations and our goals and, 
And then we can walk and just pass through here. And here's my greatest fear is that I will get to the end of my life and I would have missed out. Not on things for me, but I would have missed out on bringing glory to God. I would have missed out on the opportunities to, to grow the name of Jesus, to be a witness for him, and to see people come to profess Christ as their Lord and Savior. That is my fear. The greatest gift that's ever given to us is Jesus. And Christmas is a, is a perfect time of the year to celebrate this because here's the reality. The greatest gift that you will get, it doesn't come under a tree. It actually came in a manger. And God is a sending God, a giving God, because he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus to you and I so that we, not so that we could get Christmas presents, so that we could have eternal life. So we could have the hope that surpasses all the craziness, all the brokenness of this world, that we can walk through this valley of shadow of death and we will fear no evil and we would have a hope and a, and a peace that passes understanding, not because our circumstances are, are inclined to that, because we have a Savior who has promised us something this world cannot offer you. Is that in the end, it isn't over. That he has left us, he has gone to prepare a place for us, Church family, I hope that you hear my passion in this. Is that God has sent Jesus and Jesus has sent us. No one gets a pass on this. Look at John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14 real quick. Every believer, every Christian is called to go. Every one of us is called to embrace the gospel and to take the gospel. And this is something that challenges me because I think to myself, what if someone would not have told me? What if someone would not have crossed that line to share? In verse 12, Jesus says this. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son and you may ask me. For anything in my name, and I will do it. What a promise we have from the Lord. But don't miss this, okay? Jesus didn't write this to the preachers and the pastors and the apostles and the teachers. He wrote this to the believers. If you identify as a believer in Jesus Christ, this statement is true for you. Look at what it says. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. Everything Jesus did, every miracle, every teaching, every act of service, every act of compassion that he demonstrated, everything he did was to do what? Was to point others to the reality that he is indeed the Messiah, that he is God's son, that he was sent by God so that they could have an eternal hope and an everlasting life with God the Father. Everything Jesus did had that motive. And Jesus is telling us that whoever believes in him will do works just like that. That wherever we go, whatever we do, whatever occupation, whatever job you have, everything runs through a funnel of how do I make Jesus known to the world? If you play sports, sports is not just a platform for you to, to highlight your talent and your gifts. It's an opportunity to make the name of Jesus known 
to your teammates. If you work in the education system, it's not just a job where you get summers off, right? That's why teachers teach, because they don't get paid no money. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you work in education, if you work in, 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 in uh, the metal industry where you're a welder, fabricator like I used to be, all right, whatever you do, accounting, whatever, in that, that, that field, God has put you there. And he desires for you to, to, to use your platform, your position, to use the leverage that you can to make Jesus known. You are a missionary. You have a people group who understand a certain language. Because here's the thing. Every occupation has its own language. Like I can, t- I can talk to you in welder terms right now. If you've never welded, you won't have a, word, you won't have a clue what I'm talking about. I can talk to you in coaching terms with basketball. If you know nothing about basketball, you know nothing about what I'm talking about. God has called you. He's put you there. Do the things that Jesus did. Do the work that Christ has done. And look at this. And he says, you will do even greater things because I am going to the Father. I love this part because this is encouraging to me. When Jamie was uh, unpacking this this vision for our church to be a church that's focused on revitalization and sending and, and planting churches there's two sides, right? There's a side that scares me like, ah! And there's a side that just makes me super excited like, let's go. And in and, and, and these two sides, well, this is where I have to come to this conclusion. Is that if I do the will of God, if we partner with God and we go with him, we have a promise. God says, you ask in my name and whatever you ask for, I will give you. If I counted on Jamie Duncan to fulfill this plan, it would freak me out. Nothing against Jamie. But I'm like, I don't know, boss. I don't, I don't know, boss. I don't think we can do this. And here's the thing. There's nobody on this staff, I can promise you this, that feel like we are capable and able to pull it off. If God doesn't show up, we're miserably lost and going to be embarrassed, okay? But here's the promise. I believe Christians are risk takers. I believe following Jesus is a risk. And I believe when you put God to the test, that he comes through. And if God, if our heart is this, folks, listen, if our heart is to reach the lost people in Pickens County, and we put ourselves out there in faith, and we say, God, we're doing this out of obedience, guess what? We don't know how it's going to happen. We don't know who's going to pay for it. We don't know any of this. I believe that God will come through. He will make a way. He will Uh, send the people that need to go. He will bring the funds in. He will get us ready. He will equip us. He will train us. And ultimately, God is the one who is sending us out. And guess what, folks? This is something that will bring glory to his name. As we looked at the North American Mission Board and the International Mission Board, it is obvious that God is moving through church planting and revitalization. As we look and talk about that in a state context, God is working around us. And I want God to work in Pickens. But guess what? We can't just invite him into this room and say, God, come do this for us. Come do it our way. We have to be willing to go. We have to be willing to live a life that is sent on mission with Jesus Christ. We have to be willing for God to challenge us. And we have to be willing to sacrifice. Jesus said this as a reminder to his followers. In Matthew 5, he said, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. 
Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. God has called us to be a people doing a good work in his name. When we look at the brokenness and the lostness of our community, we should not look at it with a sense of hopelessness. We should not be overcome or overwhelmed by how corrupt or how bad things are. Because we are people who have a hope that is unwavering. We have an understanding that we have a God who is able and capable to do all things. And I believe this, is that God wants to change this county. And I believe he wants to use you. He wants you to be sent to live as a missionary in Pickens. To be his hands and feet. To be the light of the world. To shine the light into the darkness. So that others can know who Jesus Christ is. And folks, that is what changes people's lives. Life change. In my opinion, Christmas is the best time to do that. People are more open now than ever to talk about Jesus, to hear about Jesus. I want to encourage you to take, take the opportunities you have in front of you. Share Christ with others in word, in action, through giving. Share Jesus. As we close out today, uh, I want to give you an invitation just to invite you to consider some things. First of all, I want to ask, will you join us? Will you join your church to be on mission? As I mentioned, there's some local mission leaders. Maybe you need to join one of those teams. We need your help. I'm, I'm, I'm being dead honest. We don't have all this put together. We need help. We need people. People who are willing to live sin. Will you join us? Will you join us? Will you go to Cuba? Will you join in on the move that God is doing there through our church? Will you go get a passport? Maybe you don't know where you're going to go. Just go commit to getting a passport. Say, God, I'm ready. When you tell me to go, when you tell me to get on the plane, I am ready. Passport lasts for 10 years. In the last service, I said, don't even pray about it, but I'm not going to say that this time. All right. Ask the Lord, where would you have me to go? Pray and seek him in that way. Join these 3,515 missionaries around the world who are seeking to bring glory to God's name. Will you go? Will you commit to sharing the gospel with your coworkers and your family? Maybe your family is like mine and they gather at Christmas and, and most of the people in that room are lost. Pray that God would give you the courage to speak up. It doesn't take much. You don't have to do a sermon. But share. Say, can I share you... Can I share with my family about the hope I have in Christ and about what we're celebrating today? Speak up. You don't know how God will use that and how God will use you in that way. Take a risk. Do it. Do it for God's glory. He will give you the words that you stand in need of. Or maybe you're here today and you realize, I don't have a heart for missions because really I don't have a relationship with Jesus. And I would say that that's true. If you don't know Jesus Christ, the majority of what I just talked about may not make a lot of sense to you. But on the other hand, when you do know him and he has changed your life, you know about that fire that God puts in you, that desire to get busy doing the work. That's the Holy Spirit. But if you're here today and you don't know that, I want to encourage you to come forward. Pastor Jamie and myself will be here. We'd love to pray with you. 
talk to you about what it means to know Jesus, to confess him as Lord and Savior. We'd love to pray with you in that way. Would you give your life to him? You come and pray. I want to invite you to come and pray and make any commitment that God is calling you to make. Will you live your life in 2024 sent?